You're listening to Smith Talk with Keith Smith. That would be me, free-thinking American educator, bringing you conservative commentary and analysis on the news of the moment, along with life advice and random facts. Currently, I teach civics and economics to high school seniors. I am a U.S. military veteran, active duty Air Force, Army National Guard, and Air Force Reserve. Thanks for listening. With school starting here in Southern California and across the United States, and I say Southern California because that is where I live and work, and I am a classroom teacher. I've been teaching high school for the last 15 years. I teach civics, that would be U.S. government and economics, to high school seniors. I work at a small rural Southern California high school. I will not name the district, and I'm not going to name the name of the high school, but it is small. Um around 500 students on the campus where I work. I love the school, it's a great place. I have a lot of great colleagues. I wanted to talk about something that is occasionally on my radar. It pops up from time to time when I hear colleagues complain about or discuss how the union local is representing teachers in our school district. Or I will sometimes hear teachers complain about dues, about the amount of dues taken out of paycheck or things like this. And I I left the union over 10 years ago, and I wanted to tell why I left the union and why you should too, and tell you how to do it if you're a teacher and you're listening to me. When I first started out in education, this was pre-Janus decision, Janus Supreme Court decision time, where when you get a job, you, at the time, you had to join the union. You got told you had to join the union. I recall when I got, got my first contract offer, at a school district. I went in to fill out the paperwork and among other things, they handed me a form for application for union membership. And they told me it was mandatory that I had to do it. And I thought, why do I have to do this? Well, come to find out that was a lie. I didn't really have to do it. Before the Janus Supreme Court ruling that, in which the Supreme Court ruled that you did not, that that a person could not be forced into a union in order to have employment. Basically, is what that did, and once that decision went into effect, it made it possible, made it far more easy to leave the union and not have to pay the union a dime for representation. However, at the time, I filled that out, thinking at the time, thinking, why am I, you know, why do I have to do this? But I guess I should. And a lot of people said, well, you should do it. You're a new teacher; they'll protect you. And I found out later that that was not really true. At least in the state of California, there's something called tenure, and for the first two years, a teacher works. They can be dismissed at the end of the school year. Uh, They call it being pink slip. You can be dismissed and the district does not have to give any explanation at all. And the union will do nothing to help you. And so a lot of teachers, if they don't perform the way that the district likes, or in the case here locally, I, I know somebody who refused to get the COVID vaccine. And because of that, had issues with the school where this person worked and got pink slipped at the end of the year. And pretty much that was why, but they didn't have, have to say that was why. And they they were able to discriminate against that person in that way. And the union did nothing. This person uh, was a union member and the union did nothing to help them. So as a young teacher, I joined the union. That was what I had to do. And it was vexing to me to see hundreds of dollars over the course of the school year come out of my paycheck. And I 
would always think, what am I getting for this? And I know that the, the every year, every other year, the local would go in and meet with the school district and renegotiate contracts and, and all of these things and represent the teachers with collective bargaining and this sort of thing. And from time to time, we would get a little raise. But I thought that the raise, I, I, I remember thinking of the, the raises that I was getting, if you looked at the dollar amount of the raise, at least at the bottom of the pay scale, it wasn't that much. I, I, I almost would rather just have the money back in my pay when I was at the bottom of the pay scale. So I recall going to a union meeting early in my teacher career. I'd been teaching for about a year and a half. I was not yet tenured. And I had some concerns, as did some other teachers, that this was at the time of the last recession, right after Obamacare went into effect. At the time, I was also serving on a local school board, and I could see what the, you know, Obamacare was supposed to save on average every American family, $2,500 annually on health insurance. What a joke. But at the school district where I worked, where I worked, not where I worked, where the school district where I was on the board, uh, for which I received no compensation, right? I didn't, and I would not want to receive compensation. Some school boards provide uh, health insurance, the district health insurance to school board members and stipends and so forth. And the school district where I was on the board did not do that. But I could see what it was costing our school district to pay for the increases in health insurance. And the health insurance was going up, it went up probably 100, 150%, 200% year over year for a couple of years after Obamacare went into effect. The increases are not as dramatic now, but it was, it was, quite, it was quite significant. And so in the district where I was employed, there was a discussion about what the school district was going to do with our health insurance. And so I went to the meeting and I went to a couple of meetings, but in one of these meetings, the older, the younger teachers who were not yet tenured wanted to say what they thought they wanted to voice their opinion about how the union or how the union should, should proceed with the negotiation. And some of the older union members, teachers who are close to retirement and, and some of these, these folks, in fact, most of them are gone as teachers, they're retired. But at the time, they were within a few years from retirement. And I remember they just turned and viciously attacked the younger teachers and basically told us to sit down, shut up, and that we had nothing to say because we were not tenured. And we had a long time to go before retirement and basically said, you guys are still wet behind their ears. Sit down and shut up. And so it was at that point that I decided to figure out how to leave the union. It was also troubling to me, being a conservative, that the California Teacher Association was spending such large amounts of money on political campaigns and so forth, on things that had nothing to do with improving education or helping teachers improve in their in their work situation and this types types of things. Nothing that th they were supporting causes that had nothing to do with education and all of them super liberal progressive causes that I did not believe in. So I did some I did my homework. I went to the National Right to Work Foundation or Night National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation, which you can find, you can go to their website nrtw.org and there is information in there on the Janus Supreme Court ruling. There's a link titled myjanusrights.org. Anyhow, I went to nrtw.org and I followed their instructions on how to resign my membership 
from the union. And so at the time, before the Supreme Court ruling, what you could do, and I, I recall at the time I asked our local union rep at the school where I worked, that person, the person is no longer employed in the district. In fact, they're they're gone out of the state. I think they may be retired. But anyway, I asked this person and they they had no clue. They honestly had no clue how to do it. And they said, no, you, you can't do that. And I, I thought, you know, this is this is wrong. There's got to be some way. So anyway, NRTW, National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation, provided the documents that I needed. I printed them out. And basically, I had to resign my union membership and become what at the time was called an agency fee payer. So essentially, a, a non-union member that pays for representation. So they were still going to take all of the union dues out of my paycheck throughout the year. But at the end of the year, CTA would send me a check equivalent to the amount not spent on representing my interests, collective bargaining and that sort of thing. So I was still paying out of pocket several hundred dollars a year, six, seven hundred dollars a year, but I was not a union member. I was saving some money. So I joined the Association of American Educators, and you can find their website at aaeteachers.org. That's A-A, two A's, A-A-E-teachers.org. The, the, the Association of American Educators is a group of teachers that are not union members, professional educators, and they exist to support teachers who don't want to be union members. So I pay AAE uh, $16.95 a month. So 17 bucks a month for a membership, which is a lot less than union dues. And they provide, among other things, uh, $2 million liability insurance. Uh, they provide legal representation in the case, in cases of wrongful termination and or a liability, things like this. So what the what California Teacher Association or your, your local state association would provide for you in legal defense or legal representation, you can get from AAE for a lot cheaper. So for several years after that, I was what was called an agency fee payer. They were taking money out of my paycheck and supposedly giving me legal representation. Now, one thing that the unions will do is they will say, well, we spend X amount of dollars on political campaigns. But what they don't tell you is how much they spend lobbying or on politics in other more indirect ways, right? They will, they will tell you how much they donated to their political action committees or to individual candidates, but they spend a lot of money lobbying and hiring lobbyists and things like this. So let's jump ahead. Let me go back to why I left the, the union and why you should too, and why unions have, I think, gone the way of the dodo bird as far as representing teachers and teacher interests. They've gone far beyond that, far beyond the scope of representing the interests of teachers in no way or very, in, in a very small way, maybe represent the interests of parents and students. Teachers unions are self-serving organizations. I know a lot of teachers who are liberals, great people, great teachers, who don't like the idea of the union spending tons of money on causes that they may believe in but choose not to support directly with their funds that they wouldn't go donate to themselves and they would like to have their their money back in their pocket if you're if you're in that situation by all means leave the union 
anyway, let me go back to my story. So at the time that I was an agency fee payer and at the time that these, there were several years in a row that we had increases in the amount or the, the cost of our health insurance plan in the school district. And so the teachers union negotiated with the school district the and, and the teachers who were negotiating with the board on the part of the local were all older teachers. There are teachers who've been around for a long, long time, some of them close to retirement. And so they negotiated to, so the, the cost of each person's insurance was going to go up. And they said to the district, okay, what is the total amount of that cost for all of this increase for all the teachers? So it, it was something, you know, may have been three or four or $500 a teacher. They said, okay, what's the lump sum of that? And then they said, let's take that and let's put it on the pay scale instead of paying it toward the health insurance. And so actually they came and they presented two different plans to the teachers, but they, and they did this a couple of years in a row and I got wise to it. So what they did was they said, let's take this lump sum and figure out how to put it on the pay scale in the form of a percent raise. And it worked out to like a one or one and a half or a 2% raise, something like that. And so the argument was it's better to have a raise on the pay scale because that helps you towards retirement because your retirement is based off of how much money you earn at the end of your career. The last three years averaged out in the state of California. So what it did though, if you looked at it, so let's say the increase for the average teacher was let's say three or $400 and they put it on the pay scale as a percent raise. And if you look at the, if you were at the bottom of the pay scale and you looked at the raise that you were getting the raise as a, I was a young teacher at the time toward the bottom of the pay scale. And the raise that I was getting the one or one and a half percent raise worked out to less than I would have gotten if they would have just given me either directly to me in the form of an, an annual bonus they could have done that and given everybody just a bonus check at the end of the year that would have helped increase your pay for that year. So it could have helped you towards retirement, or they could have put it toward uh, paying for health insurance because when they decided to put it on the pay scale, they still deducted the cost of the health insurance and the cost that came out of our paycheck increased. So this is, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, this is convoluted. What do you get to the point here? Well, let me get to the point. What they did was the teachers who negotiated this, the un the local union reps who negotiated this deal, reached into the pocket of younger teachers and stole money from them. And they did it in a very sneaky way. And they did this for a couple of years in a row. This is the kind of things unions do. So they, they worked it out so that it was a percent raise on the pay scale. And so let's say with your percent raise, you were gonna get, you know, your pay was gonna go up 150 or 200 bucks but you were going to end up paying three or $400 out of your paycheck more in health insurance cost. Well, you actually, you're losing money. You're losing 150 or $200. I figured that out. And I went to this, the chief uh, finance administrator over at the school district and it sat down with him and he happily explained it all to me. He said, you have a right to know. And he explained to me how it was being calculated. And so remember, I'm not a union member. I am an agency fee payer, but the union is supposed to be representing me. They went to all the school sites in our district. We have several schools, elementary schools, and we have the high school. And they went to, 
they came to the, so the the local union rep at the high school who's no longer there gone out of the state like i said stood up in a in a meeting i got all the teachers together and stood up it was at the end of a staff meeting and he said hey you have two choices we can have we can tell the district to just pay it towards the insurance and you'll pay you know you won't have to see that come out of your check or you can get a one and a half percent raise on the pay scale and that will help you toward retirement and let's put this to a vote and he said we want to we're going to do a vote they didn't want to do a secret ballot they didn't want to have have it written down on papers that was the only explanation that they gave and i they had already done this the year previous so i knew that they were going to do this and i was prepared and they wanted to do a an a rate just who's in favor of a raise raise your hand who's in favor of it going on the health in, you know just have it paid toward the health insurance raise your hand they wanted a, a an open raise your hand vote and so i stood up and i said hey you know what we should you know there's a few things i think people should know and i asked the union rep i said hey how is this being calculated and how is this going to affect us on on the pay scale what are the details of this and he either didn't know or didn't want to explain it. And I said, why don't we? And so then I proceeded to explain. I said, you know what? If you're at the bottom of the pay scale, you're going to lose. You're going to lose 150 or 200 bucks. Anywhere, anywhere from 50 to you know 100 or $200, depending on how many years you have working in the district, your pay is going to go down because yeah, you're going to get on one, you're going to get a raise, but they're going to take more money out. And I explained the whole thing to them. And then I said, we should do a secret ballot. So we did a secret ballot. I cast my vote. And all of the teachers at our school site, once they knew that, even the teachers that had been there for a while, said, you know, that's not fair and voted not to put it on the pay scale. The next day, the next day, I had a rep from the union. The next morning before school started, so this was in the afternoon after school, the following day before school started, I had a union rep come into my classroom and say, hey, Smith. You cannot speak because I was an agency fee payer. I had a right to be there, but he said, you cannot speak. You may not speak. You're not a union member. You can't speak and you may not vote. And I said, wait a minute, I'm paying you guys $700 a year for quote representation. You're supposed to be representing me in contract negotiations. Yeah, I'm not a union member, but you're just, re you're just reimbursing me what you spend on politics, right? That's the deal. I'm an agency fee payer. Why don't I get to vote? Well, come to find out in the state of California, in our infinite injustice and stupidity of, stupidity of the state when it comes to union laws and protecting workers who don't want to be part of the union, it was perfectly legal for the local to bar me from voting, from voting and to bar me from speaking. And when they got the voting results from our school site, those who ran the union were angry and they called CTA, they called the California Teachers Association. So this was our local, local yokels running the election. And they called CTA and said, what do we do about this? We don't want word to get out. And so CTA said, hey, legally, you can shut him up. And that's what they did. They came to me the next day and they shut me up. That's the kind of thing that the union does, right? That's pretty innocuous compared to some of the terrible things that unions have done to others in other other places at other times. Move forward a few years and the Supreme Court puts forth the Janus ruling. And the day that that came out, I went into our district office and I handed them a letter saying that as per the Janus ruling of the Supreme Court, 
you will no longer deduct my pay. The dues that you're not the dues, but the funds that you're deducting. I am not a union member. I'm an agency fee payer. You will stop. You will cease and desist deduction of union dues from my paycheck. And they did. And I have that money. And I am a member of the Association of American Educators. I have all the legal protections that a member of the California Teachers Association would get with, uh, without having to belong to the union and fork out thousands or hundreds and hundreds of dollars every year. So just so you know here, and this is from CaliforniaPolicyCenter.org, the state of Washington, in the state of Washington, unionized teachers pay dues to the amount of $1,060 a year. Of that, $425 stays with the local union. $443 goes to federal, the Federal Way Education Association. That's, in, despite it being called federal, that's Washington State's uh, state-level teachers association, teachers union. And $192 from the Washington dues go to the NEA, the National Education Association. In California, I was paying teachers still today, but at the time I uh, resigned my union membership, teachers were paying around $1,000, close to $1,000 a year. Teachers today are paying $1,072 in dues in California. Out of that, $229 stays with the local union, $656 goes to CTA, and $187 goes to the NEA. In Illinois, Teachers pay $672 in dues, $69 stays with the local, $372 goes to the state association, $231 goes to the American Federation of Teachers. So there are two, the, the, there are two large national teachers unions. One of them is NEA. The other one is the, the, the American Federation of Teachers. The NEA is the largest and most wealthy of the two. In Pennsylvania, Teachers pay $800 in dues. Around 10% of that stays with the local. $532 goes to the state association and $192 to the National Education Association. In New York, teachers, that's where they have the highest dues nationwide. Unionized teachers in New York annually pay $1,197 in dues. $462 stays with the local union. $183 goes to the New York State Association and $552 goes to the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers. That would be the same one that that uh, Pennsylvania teachers pay pay dues to. And so that is a that's a tremendous amount of money, especially for teachers. Teachers don't make a whole lot of money. Teachers in California uh, and some other states are better paid. It depends on where you are in the state. Of course, the cost of living in California is much higher than it is in other parts of the country. But teaching is not a profession that you go into if you want to make bank. And to have a thousand bucks, or even if you're in a state where it's six, seven, eight hundred dollars a year left in your pocket, and you can do it, by all means do it. If you want to know how to leave the union, you first have to resign your union membership. And you have to let the union know that you're resigning. Some of them have a window of opportunity for that. And they are legally able to do that. You have to resign your membership. And then you have to let your school district know that you're no longer a union member. And you don't want to pay dues anymore. Tell them not to deduct it from your paycheck. And then I suggest, I recommend that you go to 
the Association of American Educators, aaeteachers.org, and join that association and pay 17 bucks a month for your liability insurance for your legal representation should you need it. And you can check out on their website. You can learn all about what the member benefits are and the resources that they have available. They even have, have scholarships and grants for people that are working on teacher education or to buy school supplies. All of these things are there on uh, the AAE site. If you are a teacher in California, go to teacherfreedom.org and they will they have a link on their page that can help you actually i think i think you can i think to have uh doesn't matter what state you're in go to teacherfreedom.org so go to teacherfreedom.org and click on your state i had i had pulled up california but you can click on your state and it will tell you how to leave the union for whatever state you're in what that process is again teacherfreedom.org Click on your state, learn how to leave the union. So you've got National Right to Work, Legal Defense Foundation. If you feel that you've been, been discriminated against because of your non-union membership, go to National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation, contact them, and let them know. Those, those are the, the reasons that, that led me to leave the union. I mentioned that one of the reasons that I left the union was because they spend so much money on elections, on politics, that they have no business, things have nothing to do with education. So in 2021, 2022, this is an off year cycle. The national, if you go to opensecrets.org, go to opensecrets.org and do a search on there for teachers unions. Opensecrets.org is a nonpartisan nonprofit organization that tracks spending on politics and on campaigns. And you can go in there, you can, you can even go in there and type in the name of your local representative, your, your state representative, your whoever represents you in Congress, your senator. You can search it by that and it will tell you exactly who donated to them and in what amounts. You can search for different organizations. You can you can go in there and type in General Electric and you can see where their money went to. You can look at what who, what campaigns they donated to, what super PACs they donated to. Well, go in there and do a search for teacher unions. I did that. I pulled up teacher unions in 2021, 2022, not a presidential election cycle. Of course, we are leading up to the midterms. The National Education Association, according to opensecrets.org, spent over $20 million on political campaigns. That specifically $20,079,398. Of that, $1 million, almost $2 million, $1,909,040 went to Democrat candidates and $18 million, a little over $18 million. So $18,138,278 went to liberal progressive causes. $0 for conservative groups or conservative causes. Zero dollars for nonpartisan, moderate, centrist groups. Zero. Think about it. If you're, if you're a centrist and you're a moderate, think about that. Zero dollars for those types of causes. Zero dollars to Republicans. The American Federation for Teachers, not as big as the NEA, not as many teachers paying dues. 
the two big, a couple of the biggest states, California, the big one, the California teachers pay to the NEA. So the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers, donated almost $8 million, 2021-22, uh, specifically $7,989,792. Of that, almost $3 million, $2,674,000 went to Democrats and over $5 million, $5,340,000 went to liberal progressive causes. Again, $0 to conservative, to centrist, to nonpartisan candidates or organizations zero if you look at california the california teachers association cta cta has spent millions of dollars lobbying and on campaigns on things that have nothing to do with education let me give you some examples so over the last two years and this is according to followthemoney.org this is an, an organization, nonpartisan organization, similar to OpenSecrets.org, FollowTheMoney.org. CTA, that would be the California Teachers Association, raised and spent three and a, over $3.5 million over the last two years on only on ballot measures. So this is not including what they gave to pretty much every Democrat member of the state legislature including the, the Democrat candidates for governor and other positions at state level, receive donations from CTA. Every single Democrat in the state assembly, there are 80 members of the state assembly, there are 40 members of the state Senate in California, every single one of them got donations. This is besides that. Three and a half million dollars in the last two years on ballot measures. Let me tell you two of these. They spent buckets of money on proposition 15 proposition 15 would have raised property taxes would have changed the way that property taxes are assessed and it would have increased taxes on small businesses and agriculture in california they spent cta spent a bunch of money on proposition 16. if you don't know what proposition 16 is and maybe you live in California, but you forgot, or you don't live in California. Proposition 16 was on the November 2020 general election ballot, and it would have repealed California's Proposition 209 that was passed in 1996. Proposition 209 changed the state constitution and amended it to say that the state could not and no entity receiving funds from the state could discriminate against an applicant based or any person based on race ethnicity religion etc so proposition proposition 16 what it wanted to do what they what they were trying to do was to overturn that and change the state constitution so that it would allow discrimination in things like, for example, university admissions and so on. And it, it was to promote affirmative action. So these are the types of things that CTA supported and that NEA supports. If you are a teacher 
and you're a conservative, if you are a Christian, if you are a, a, pers a, a person of faith, of Judeo-Christian faith tradition, and you are allowing your dollars to go to CTA, to NEA, or to a, to a, a national or state-level teachers' union, you are directly contributing to the funding of causes that go against your core beliefs. If you're not, if you're not, a t if maybe maybe you're you're more you know more moderate, more centrist, and you happen to be listening to this politically, maybe you're a liberal progressive. Would you spend that much money out of your paycheck every year on those causes? Would you? I doubt not. How many of us, since really, how many of us who are teachers? have the extra money lying around to take eight or $900 out of our paycheck every year and drop it on, polit on, on political lobbying and campaigning, especially on things that have nothing to do with education and no direct impact on our classroom. Now, keep that money in your pocket. So again, the way that you can leave the union is, if you want to know how to do that, go to teacherfreedom.org, click on your state, and find out how to resign your union memberships, how to opt membership and opt out, and then go to the Association of American Educators, aaeteachers.org, and join. Join the club. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest holdups, and I, and I know I have a few colleagues, um, actually quite a few on the campus where I work, who have left, the, who was, have also left the union and joined AAE. But one of the biggest concerns that any teacher has that is going to leave the union is, well, what about liability? What if somebody, you know, what if I'm wrongfully accused? What, you know, what protection do I have? What if I'm mistreated? What if I, what, you know, my, my basic worker rights and I want, I want some sort of protection for that legal protection. The AAE provides that at a far lower cost than CTA or your state association will. Food for thought. Check out my blog, The Smith Papers, at smithpapers.com. You can learn a little bit more about my background there. And if you like reading about history, you'll probably enjoy my blog. Again, take a look at smithpapers.com. Until next time.